Hey, good afternoon. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Thank you for joining me today. Today is November 12th, and we will be on for about 30 minutes. Uh, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate your support. Uh, also, I appreciate those who are following me and uh, are standing by me and praying for me because I, you know, I really need it. I really, really need it. So today we're going to continue on in the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter 5. We're almost done. We have one more chapter left. That'll be chapter 6. And um, it's been a good Bible study. It really has. And so um, after this, I think we're going to be doing some kind of topics, I think, maybe. So just um, stay tuned uh, for that uh, to come later on. All right. And so that'll be another maybe about two weeks or so. Uh, so let me uh, go on to uh, Ephesians chapter 4. Five. Amen. Amen. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father God, we just thank you for this time and this opportunity to, to share your word, Father. We, we ask that you watch over us while we uh, dig into your word. We thank you for all that you're doing and for all those who are listening, Father, uh, bless them. Bless each one of them. Clear their hearts, prepare their minds, and be ready to receive your word. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen, 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 amen. All right. Hey, so let's go to chapter 5 of Ephesians. Chapter 5. And um, it says uh, in verse 1, Be imitators of God. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that awesome to be imitators? Therefore, uh, beloved uh, children, dearly loved children, and live a life of love. That's what we're supposed to do. Remember, love is the greatest, the greatest act, uh, thing that we can have. Because God loved us so much. Even when we were sinners, He still sent His Son to die for us on the cross. Amen? And that is the ultimate sacrifice. We can't ask for any more. Can't ask for any more. <clears throat> his great love for us led him to sacrifice his son so that we might live. I, you know that we're not talking about, yes, we can, we're living here on earth and we're having a, a good time living and working and having a pleasure as far as going out to dinner, events, and things like that. But you know what? We're talking about an eternal life. The life hereafter. The life hereafter. That's where... Uh, where we want to um, be with the Lord. Amen? That's what we want to get to. That's what we want to, to be one day. Written in the land books of life, knowing that when we get to heaven, we're going to have a room for us there. You know? Uh, I like to have maybe a room 221 or 331. or no, My address right now is 338. So I like to have a room with the number 338 in it. Anyway, great, that's awesome, right? So anyway, this, check this out, right? We, we imitate God by following His example in Christ, emulating His attributes in our lives. You see, we have to think like, like Christ Jesus, right? We need to start uh, conducting ourselves in a, in a manner that is worthy of our, uh, of our calling with God. We talked about that in chapter 4. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 4, in the, verse, the first uh, few, ver uh, verse uh, 1 and 2, it talked about us uh, living uh, just like Christ did, you know, and we, uh, we have to walk worthy of our calling, 
in chapter 4, verse 1, it says, As a prisoner of the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient and bearing with one another in love. Right? In love. Bearing with one another in love. Amen? Amen. And that's what we need to do. Be there for one another. Encourage one another. Amen? Amen. So, so it's uh it's 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 a, a lifestyle that we have to live. We have to kind of like say, hey, you know, I gave up this worldly lifestyle to carry on a lifestyle of Christ and walking in his in his path, in his footsteps, following God's statutes, following his laws, obeying scriptures, reading scriptures, getting into prayer. This is the this is what we do as Christians. We need to be proactive in the word and getting in the word and getting the word in us. Amen. Amen. That's 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 great right there, huh? We can call it a day. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Um Paul understood that this is a process. This is a process. This, this doesn't happen overnight. You know, like sometimes healings happen immediately. I, I believe that healings happen immediately. There's also sometimes healings happen with time. You know, but but with this type of process, uh, how we become imitators of Christ Jesus, uh, it's because we have to have a relationship with God. And the power of having that relationship with us is through the Spirit. Through the Spirit of God, we, we get to have that relationship, that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God. And it's a daily thing. It's not just a, a only on a Sunday. Okay, it can never only be on a Sunday. The verb walk in verse 2 that we read, it said in verse 2, I'll repeat it again. <clears throat> it says that, and live a life of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrance, fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. That word live and live a life. It could also, in certain translations, it says, and walk in in the love of, in a life of love. Walk, live a life of love. Walk in a life of love. That's what that's what sometimes as Christians we find that hard to do. I think we can do it really good when we're around Christians, right, and we're in church. But what about when we're around fellow co-workers? That's probably hard to do. So, we, we kind of have this, uh, man, this following of the Lord. It, it doesn't just happen on one day. It's a continuous walk. Our, um, our love for one another should be the same kind of love that Christ showed us. It goes beyond affection, self-sacrifice. Christ loved us so much that he gave himself for us and as a sacrifice all the way to the cross to death this is what God's plan was the whole time the whole time God had this plan and and I want to be part of that plan you see we got to be part of that plan. The focus on God's pleasure with Christ's sacrifice 
we have to believe that we are accepted by God. When we accept Christ as our Lord and Savior, He accepts us. He sees us now because we've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Before we were still walking in darkness and walking in the world and the desires of the flesh and the desires, desires of, the, of the world were more about things of the world and less things about God. It was just only, yeah, you know what, I, I could do an hour or two at church on Wednesday. But what about when you're home? When you're home, you got to be in the Word. Amen. In verse, in verse 3, it says, But among you there must not be even a hint of sexual immorality or of any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Putting on a new self and leaving the things behind of the world. Sexual immorality includes all kinds of things, of sexual perversion. There must not be even a hint of these sins. We're talking about the thoughts. We're talking about lusting. We're talking about uh, infidelity. Uh, 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 being with a, a woman before, before marriage. Adultery. These things like this were, were tolerated in the Roman society. In Rome, it was okay to, to have many wives and even concubines. Well, you know, even the Jewish people had that too. In the Old Testament, a lot of the prophets had, uh, a lot of the people in the Old Testament had uh, uh, wives and concubines and things like that. You know, King David, King Solomon, uh, you know. But now in these days, you know, with... with uh, with Jesus Christ now, a lot of this uh, has changed. When Christ came into the picture, He took on the law. He, he fulfilled the law. And now we live a new life in Him. A new life. In verse 4 it says, Entirely out of place is obscene, silly, and vulgar talk. But instead let there be thanksgiving. Another translation says <clears throat> in verse 4, Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coerced joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. You know, a lot of times you can probably go to work and you probably hear a bunch of guys, you know, uh, telling jokes and stuff like that. And uh, maybe a lot of the women gossiping and things, you know. And, and, and we're, we're kind of, we have to be like, Set apart, set ourselves apart from that, because it, it ruins our spiritual man. You know the holy. You know the Bible says that we should not grieve the Holy Spirit, and when we talk, when we partake in these uh, things, we we grieve the Holy Spirit. In other words, the Holy Spirit gets mad. I mean, not mad, upset, disappointed in you, just like Jesus he gets disappointed. At his followers, when they don't, they don't do the right thing, or they don't follow his his teachings and his his scriptures, and sometimes we fall. You know, I'm not perfect. Uh, my wife will tell you I'm not perfect, but you know, um, when we fall, we we have to learn how to get back up. 
we have to learn how to repent. We have to learn to ask for forgiveness and be humble. We have to learn how to to brush ourselves off and, and do better. We're only human. And there's no one perfect on this world. But we can aspire to be perfect. We can aspire to be like Christ. It says put on Christ. Like taking off that old jacket from the world and putting on a nice clean white one. You know? And I'm not saying you have to be around here with your nose up in the air and looking down at people. No. Walking around judging everybody. No. But being the example of Christ Jesus to the world, it's what it's all about. It's about being like Him. Loving one another like Him. Forgiving one another like Him. Speaking in a manner that's appropriate. When not only just in church or with around Christian friends, but also when you're around with people of the world. I have a friend who, who tells me, yeah, I know, I know, I, I curse a lot, I curse a lot, you know. And I says, you know what? God is working in you. God, God has a plan for each and every single one of us. And His purpose will be fulfilled in you. And we just have to understand that we need to submit. We need to submit. We need to submit our tongue and our mouth and our thoughts to God. And once we submit, we learn that the Holy Spirit can change us from the inside out. Man, and that's, that's an awesome feeling. Sometimes it even takes away the desires of the flesh, like alcohol and drugs. There's a lot of people I've known who've walked away from drugs. People who've been on heroin and, and crack and uh, things like that and drinking alcohol. You know, I myself used to be an alcoholic myself, and I, I didn't go to AA. You know, I didn't go, hey, my name is Omar, and I'm an alcoholic. I knew, I knew I was one, you know. The, the only thing is, is that I found Jesus, and, and Jesus took it away from me. He took that desire away from me. Those taste buds that you have when you're when drinking a cold one, right? But that's, that's the desires of the world, and, and the Lord... And through the power of the Holy Spirit, takes that away from you. He takes that away from you. In verse 5, let's continue. For, for of this you can be sure, no normal, impure, or greedy person, such a man as an adulterer, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. I don't think an adulterer has... An, Inheritance. That's what it's saying. It's saying here, I'll read it again. For of this you can be sure, no immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a man has ha, man is an adult an idolater and has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ of God. Let no one deceive you in verse six with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Immorality, impurity, and greed. <clears throat> These are compared to idolatry. Because those who constantly, who consistently engage in these types of activities are, are idolatry. Because they have allowed their desires to run their lives 
those desires are their gods. You know, like, like I know people who are just like hooked, hooked on Xbox and game, uh, uh, Playstations and things like that. You know, if I had one here in my house, I probably would be hooked on it too. But you know what? Then it, it becomes your God because you put so much focus on that Xbox, you know, uh, I like playing Ghost Recon, you know, I like the, the military aspect of, of, of shooting and combat and things like that, you know, being a, a former soldier myself for 20 years, I, I enjoyed those games. But you know what, if I had one here, I probably wouldn't be doing this uh, podcast right now. I'd probably be playing a game. The game becomes your little god. It takes, and it distracts you from the real god with a capital G. Not a little God with a little G. <laughs> because these desires, they run your lives. Anyone who has anything more important than God has no inheritance in the kingdom of God. If you have something that's more important than God, there has no inheritance for you in the kingdom of God. In the Greek word of Christ and the Son God emphasizes the complete unity of the Father and Son, consistent with doctrine that Christ is completely God. In John chapter 10, verse 30, sin, no matter what its form or category, separates people from God. But once you accept that Christ as your Lord and Savior, it should draw you closer to God. In other words, God drew you to Christ Jesus. And brought those disciples to him. He brought every single one of us to him. When you sat in the church listening to the minister or the pastor or the reverend speaking. And the heart, your heart, you felt a tug in your heart. And you gave your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. From that day forward, he became your God. From that day forward, he became your God. So do we only talk to God at church? Do we only talk to God when times of trouble has hit our home or our, our health or our family? No. We have to continuously have a relationship with God in the good times and the bad times, in your ups and your downs, through the storms and when the sun is shining and, and the clouds are beautiful in the air and the birds are chirping. In all those times, we still need to be in relation with, having a relationship with God, talking to Him, reading about Him, worshiping Him, thinking about Him. That's, that's what our life is for. Yes, we all have jobs, and yes, we continue to do our duties at, at work and uh, conduct business and go to meetings and take fl planes to, to other states or maybe other countries to, to talk to people and conduct business. But you know what? There's always a time to stop and give God some time, whether it be five minutes or an hour. Whether it's on your knees or listening to praise and worship or putting on a sermon on YouTube or listening to a sermon or reading a book about God. And we're not doing our duties in our, in our usual vocation as a job or 
business, then we need to start thinking about where do we give time for God? There's 24 hours in the day. How much of those hours do you give to God? Amen. Unrepentant leaves, correction, unrepentant leaves people without hope and without inheritance. By only forsaking sin, accepting Christ's sacrifice, and allowing Him to be Lord of our lives, can we be delivered from the world into the inheritance of the kingdom of God? We will no longer be part of this world. I always tell my teens that we are in this world, but we are not part of it. We have dual citizenship. Our citizenship in the kingdom of God and in the citizenship of the kingdom that you live in today right here on earth. But the kingdom of God it should be the most important kingdom to be part of. That citizenship there can never be taken away. Once saved, always saved. But we are a work in progress. We have to continue to strive forward to seek God and seek what His purpose is for us here on earth. We might have a, a uh, uh, we might have a, a job that, that Christ wants us to do, a Bible study, a, a podcast, be an usher, a door greeter, go visit the sick, those who are homebound, those who are in the hospital, pray for people. Go attend men Bible study, women Bible studies. Get some women together and go talk to people. Give out tracts, share water, give out water at the park. I think there's a lot that we can do in the kingdom of God. We just have to first leave the little G God. Those little things that keep us bounded to the world of idolatry. Because those things are the things that take us away from God. And we tend not to seek God. And then we wonder why things happen in our lives. Then we wonder why, man, why can't I stop cursing? Why can't I stop drinking? Huh? You know, we could be, we could have all kinds of degrees and read all kinds of books, but if we can't have a relationship with God, all that is for nothing. Oh, that's for nothing. Work on your relationship with God. Work on your worship, your reading time. In your downtime, read some time, some of the Bible. Read a book on Christianity. Whether it's the theology or a Christian book or some good writer that you know that, that, that has a good message. There's a lot of writers out there, a lot of people who are writing good books and the teachings of forgiveness and teachings of, of getting your walk worthy with the Lord. Amen. Let's continue on. In verse 6, it says, Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. In verse 7 it says, Therefore do not be partners with them. You hear that? I hope you heard that. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. See, you know, it's not 
Do we fear God? We should fear God not in a way that a, a child fears his dad or a child fears his father. We should fear God because of the wrath that he comes with. When you do something wrong and your father scolds at you at home, or, or like when I was a kid, I got spanked, right? You knew if you did something wrong and you got caught, you knew. You knew that you knew that you knew that you was going to get the belt or get a spanking or get punished. If I failed a class, I used to get punished for a month until, until my next report card. I mean, I couldn't go out with my friends. I couldn't go anywhere. I had to stay home and study and read. And then I, once I get my freedom because I passed my grades, I would go out and hang out again. And guess what? The next report card comes. I failed another class and I was punished again. I was I kind of like always punished all the time. All the time I was punished. But you know what? I learned. It took me a while, but I learned. I started getting good grades and started you know, putting uh, effort into my work, into my studies, and uh, started managing my time better. So that's what, that's what we need to do as Christians. We need to manage our time. When we're working and going on business trips or having meetings and around the country or around the world, learn how to take some time out for God. Because I'm pretty sure that when you need Him, He'll take time out for you. Amen? He'll, he'll always be there He'll always be there for you, but are you always there for Him? Are you always there worshiping Him, loving Him, learning about Him, getting to know who He is through the reading of the Scriptures? That's what it's about. But oh yeah, we sure want Him to be around when, we, when we're in trouble or we got issues or problems. But when everything is all happy, happy, joy, joy, we don't. We don't look for him because everything's okay. We put him back in a box. And God does not like to be put in a box. Well, God cannot be put in a box. But in your world, you put him in a box. And then you open it when you need him. And that's not building a relationship. That's not putting on Christ Jesus. That's not being born again. That's not making Jesus Lord of your life. That's not called worship. That's not called Bible reading. That's not called intimacy with God. You need to reevaluate yourself and reevaluate your time. I know time is very important, but you know what? God deserves your time. Some of it. You have 24 hours. You go to work about 8 or 9 to 10 hours maybe. You sleep about eight. You eat. You shower. You spend time with the children, with your wife or with your husband. When do you take time for God? Where does He fit into your busy schedule? Where does He fit in? Remember, there are people out there who want to distract you away from being. Uh, be, for for being uh, having time with God, those people have their reward. Those people who are who are disobedient and don't even go to church and don't believe in God and and talk like they do and and act like they do, like, just like they are of the world. The Scripture says, "Don't be like the Gentiles. Separate yourself. Come out from among them. Get right with God. 
Let the Holy Spirit change you from the inside out. He did me, and what he did with me, he can surely do with you. Amen. Let's get on. Verse 8, it says, For you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. And verse 9, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Verse 10, And find out what pleases the Lord. Have in verse eleven have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of the darkness of darkness, excuse me, but rather expose them, for it is shameful even to mention what the this, what the disobedience do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is light that makes everything visible. This is why he, it is said, "Wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you." Amen. Children of the light. Who is light? Are you a light in the world? Do you conduct yourself with brightness? Do you show Christ to the world? If Jesus is the light and he lives inside of you, are you sharing that light? Believers who live in God's light are above reproach morally and spiritually and ethically. Ethically, Then they reflect God's goodness to others. Jesus stressed his truth in the Sermon of the Mount. Amen. Every believer is responsible to find out what pleases the Lord. How he or she ought to live in the light. Each person must study God's word, pray, and seek counsel in order to find out how God would have him or her act in every situation. Finding out naturally goes without uh, living out your walk with God. Because the knowledge must be put into practical use. We just can't be talkers. We got to be doers. You got to do what the scripture says you have to be an example for your family and your friends. They have to be able to know that you are different. If people came to judge you right now based on your condition, and it says, are you a Christian? Can they see your Christianity? Can they see your light? Or do you hide it under a bushel so that you don't expose it? And still live in darkness. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. That's in Romans chapter 12 verse 2. I like that. I've always liked that verse. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world. To the desires of your flesh. Stay away from those who lead you astray. Who cause you to cur curse. Who cause you to drink. Who cause you to uh, tell crazy, funny, dirty jokes. This is what the world does. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You have to have the mind of Christ. And seek it. Don't just say it. Seek it. 
by studying the scriptures and praying. It is important to avoid activities that result in sin, but we must go even further. Paul instructs every believer to expose these deeds because our silence may be interpreted as approval. Just as the light shines into darkness and exposes what is hidden, so the light of Christ through a believer should shine into the darkness of sin and expose it for what it is. God's people, we need to, we need to be able to take an active and vocal stand against sin and per- permissiveness in all its forms. Christians must lovingly speak out for what is true and right. And today in our society, in our culture, we have a lot of this cancel culture and uprisings of small little groups who want to uh, do away with the nucleus family. We don't need husbands and women can do it all. And um, we, we have radical groups that are arising. And that's because we have radical people in our government who, are, who encourage these things. Instead of encouraging the foundation of the church, the Christian church and 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 set their uh, goals and agendas uh, by the Christian uh, uh, faith, we have people with their own agendas. That's why we need to pray for our government. That's why we need to pray for our leaders. That's why we need to go out and vote. Don't want to get into politics here, but we as Christians have a responsibility to expose the darkness in the light. And once you bring light into the darkness, the darkness flees. Which side do you stand on, my brother, my sister? What life are you living? Can you be can you be found guilty of being a Christian or is it just all, uh, no, I'm hiding under a bushel. I don't want to be known as a Christian. Can we tell by your works that you're a Christian? Can we tell by your fruit that you're a Christian? Can we tell that you have people that you brought to Christ? Are there people out there that can know that you are a Christian? Or do you act like the rest of the world in hiding, in hiding your faith? Hmm? I think that's where we're going to stop right now. I was kind of thinking about, man, where do we go? I want to be able to be in the light. Live in the light and show the darkness, the light, so that the light shines through. We need to take a stand. Christians must lovingly speak out for what is true and right. Every time you walk, you drive by one of those uh, Planned Parenthood and you see those people out there praying, they're speaking out against the darkness. But yet a lot of you Christians would probably laugh or won't even join them. How about those like, like in our church, we have brothers and sisters that go out to, to the mountain and, and pray over the city. My wife and I have done that several times on, on our uh, street called Scenic Drive up in the mountains. We go and pray for El Paso and Juarez. 
We've gone out to the rescue mission in El Paso and, and had Bible study with people there. Are you light or are you darkness? Hey, listen, this is a good place to quit right here. I just want you to think about that. Being light or darkness. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much. Let's close out in prayer. Amen? Father God, we just thank you for this time and opportunity to share your word. I pray that everyone that hears the sound of my voice, Father, that we would all become light and speak righteousness into the darkness to bring truth to the wrong, to bring truth to the lies, to the deception, to what evilness is doing out there in the world. We bring the light and the love of Jesus Christ. I pray that each one of you take your time and manage your time wisely to give time to God. Start today. Amen. Amen. All right, people. Well, thank you very much. This is Pastor Omar Rivera with the 915 Pastors Roundtable. Thank you for joining me. God bless you. See you next week. Amen.